When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Where will Cam go next? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. You're going to see a lot of why not to the Texans. I'm looking at the NFC East. Dallas. How about them Cowboys? Why wouldn't they say yes to Cam Newton being on their team? The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. Coming up, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Plus, from Showtime's Billions, actor David Costable. And now... It's Rich Eisen. All right, hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. We just came up with a great poll question during the Peacock-only <laughs> segment at the end of the first hour, and the we yeah. is the royal we. I oh, came up boy. with it. It's okay. It's the name of the show. Sometimes you just got to take the steering wheel. <laughs> Hands on 10 and 2, and sometimes you say, screw it. I'll just, you know, no, just, you know, pedal to the metal. This is the Rich Eisen Show. When was the last time you actually drove with hands at 10 and 2? I do every day. Every day. You guys are lying. When was the last time you actually drove like this? Like driving Miss Daisy? I I keep my hands on 10 and 2. Rich. Not like the entire time. No, come on. I was joking. Come on. This is California. One hand at midnight. Hands. No, 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 no. I don't do the, the lean. That's hands. Enough. I drive with my knees most yeah, of the time. Look at TJ's working. Just TJ's like, working two phones. You would think I had like a Tesla that self drove if you drove by me because you see my hands, but yeah. it's really my foot. Yeah. My knee just Is that a Golden Girls t shirt you have on today? It's the Ramones mix with the Golden Girls. So we have the Golden Ramones. Ramones. The Golden Ramones. So TJ's that's, got the best t You've got photogra- a photograph of B. Arthur Ruma Ka- <laughs> and Rue McClanahan on your, on your chest today. I do. Okay. Golden Girls have a lot of fans out there. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you. Do you when was the last time you watched an episode of Golden like Girls? Like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> what channel is it even on? It every comes channel. on one of those three hundreds or something. Channel. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's it was pretty much the pilot episode, so when they all kind of moved in together. So yeah. it's on every channel. There's the poll. Do you actually drive with your hands at ten and oh, two? Actually the poll question <laughs> based on the poll question, the poll question today at Rich Eisen Show, which recently top five drafted quarterback is going to have the best 2021 season? Love it. Great question. We have chosen the four of Sam Darnold, who's yes. now in Carolina. Correct. Zach Wilson, your second overall pick with the Jets. Who, in, which is why Sam is in Carolina. Exactly. Uh, Tua down in Miami or yes. Joe Burrow coming off his uh, reconstructed knee. Yes, we we left off uh, Trevor Lawrence. We left, yeah, we off, left, a, left a bunch well, of Well, Justin off. Herbert is not top five drafted, as you know. So right. He's out. He's a sixth. And we left out Trey Lance. Yeah. But these are reasons why True. I think which one is going to have the best season. No Baker, obviously. No. And by the way, people on Twitter, when you go to answer this, we know there's other... Names that you could throw in yeah, there. We no, got no, four no. choices. Yeah, folks. just vote for one of the four. One out of those four right. that are listed, right. which one? Why like, do people do that? By the way, first comment that would be Trevor Lawrence. Uh. Yeah, I get it. Trevor Lawrence is awesome, <laughs> but we're talking about well, these four out of guys. those four we in put particular. In four guys, one coming right. back from a knee injury, one who's 
been deposed because they went with a young kid again who's also in this. And that's Burrow, Darnold, and Zach Wilson. And then we go to him. And here's what I'll do. I'll put my money where my mouth is on this one. What is this? Don't mean? stop getting it. I'm going to choose Tua. Oh, wow. Here's what I was. I don't. I still. I, I'll go down on the ship. I'll go down with the ship. I'll go down with the ship. I don't think the ship's going down. That's there. what the captain does, Rich. I don't understand. I'm Billy Zane. Where the Tua question marks come from. I don't. I don't. Get it. Um, I, I know he struggled last year. And I know he was thrown in by the coach and then he struggled. And I know that the guy that they did not take in Miami went to Los Angeles in the next pick. And then when he was thrown in through the deep end of the pool by an errant needle into the starter of the Chargers... He was thrown into the deep end of the pool against the defending Super Bowl champs and eventual repeat champs of the conference. Mm -hmm. He was thrown into that deep end of the pool and then had one of the greatest rookie seasons of all time. I understand that does not at all bode well for somebody who was so supremely talented at the previous level that the team that drafted him fell in love with him the minute he started playing college football. But where does it come from that he's no longer useful in Miami? Maybe it's just I, I, I'm I just stunned that when Tua looked off the safety and won a national championship game despite not playing much of the season coming in at halftime and looking the way that he did and then performing the way that he did and then getting his hip destroyed and coming back from that the way that he did and the Dolphins eventually drafting him anyway the way that they did, and then him not getting the start to begin the season, making sense, I guess, since his hip had to be put back together. The way that he's come back from all of that the way that he did, and the way that he comports himself the way that he does, and the way that he does appear to be much better now, I get it, in the preseason than the way that he is. With all of that, his team decides to reach out to the Houston Texans just to see what it's going to cost to get to Sean Watson. Maybe they can get him on the cheap and deal with all of the baggage that he has that compared to the baggage up the road here at LAX is <laughs> kind of come on par. I'll cape for him. And I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't get... Why there's so many out there who thinks he's less than? I know I'm not an I'm not a tape head. I'm not all 22, but I put it all together, and I see a guy that's as popular as anybody else. Who would you want to have as the face of your franchise? And we're gonna throw him out of the mix just a year in. Again, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the film room. Are the Dolphins seeing something? And they could sit here and say as much as they want. As much as they want that two is their guy. I would have not had a problem for the Dolphins to jump all over Deshaun Watson the minute he says, I'm not playing for the Texans anymore. And the minute before we heard everything else that was going on with him that shocked me and everyone else that figured they knew the guy. And again, this may all be just a horrible, horrible case of 
him being wrongfully accused. And we'll figure that one out down the road. That would be another shocker based on how long this has lasted and how many people have said something. Wouldn't that a problem with the, the, the Dolphins saying, yeah, Tua, we loved you, we drafted you very high, but, I mean, this is Deshaun Watson. We have a, a chance to get him. And you look at the salary that he's making compared to what now Josh Allen's making and what Lamar's about to make and what Baker's about to make and what everybody else who's drafted in the top five eventually is going to make. But Tua would make if he goes on such an incredible run. But we're really going to after just how many starts you have last year? Eight? Seven? You might have had more than that. Nine, ten. Even it doesn't matter what the number is going to be spat back at me by you, Brockman, within seconds. It doesn't, you nine, know. Nine starts. Nine starts. We're going to just figure out that's that. 1,800 yards, 11 touchdowns. And popularity in my mind matters when you're down there in South Florida. He's very popular. And Very popular. I, I, I mean, the number of people that I know, Dolphin fans, were like, we don't understand it. How many times have the Dolphins thrown somebody out there who the fans, you know, support with an empty seat? Like I said, the Dolphins are going to play a quick game. That's the way it looks to me. Jalen Waddell just got drafted. Tua knows him. Will Fuller got acquired. The idea is because they want Deshaun to feel at home. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, and Albert Wilson, when he comes back, will be really fast. That's like a track meet. Tua just knows where the ball's going to go. Neck up, he gets that thing down, and he gets the ball out, and he is going to be somebody who can put it in there if he is accurate and gets the ball out. And neck up knows where to put it because he knows exactly where the matchup problem is going to be because everybody out there runs four flat. There's going to be some safety, some linebacker exposed. And if he can figure out who that guy is pre-snap and get it to the guy who hopefully will catch it, Gasicki, Gaskins, and Malcolm Brown. I mean, that is just a, po- a possibility to really really be dynamic. People just don't believe in it because you just had a fantasy draft. How many of these guys other than Waddle were drafted in the top three, four, five rounds of your fantasy draft? 14-team league. You know, nobody's going to be putting their their faith in any of these guys fantasy-wise, which is the way, and again, that fans think of things. I just don't get the idea of let's see how cheap we can get Deshaun Watson right now and figure it out then. We'll just figure it out later. I don't I don't understand it when you drafted Tua unless they've seen something I don't know, you don't know, that they know. And hearing comments like this, they're like, you don't know. But right now, all I know is he's supremely popular. He's talented. He's come back from a lot. He's exactly the guy you want to put out there as the face of your franchise and in your community. Go for it, Miami, and see how it goes. That's why I picked them to finish second in the division. He's got more under his belt than Mac Jones. Now, professionally. Would you rather have starting, though? Right now? I'd take Tua. You would? Of course I would. But why? Because, because Tua, Mac hasn't played a game. Mac hasn't played it down in the NFL. Yet. What has Tua actually shown you? Nine games of experience. You got to that. That matters. That's why I want Justin Fields to start right now. If Tua didn't start at all last year, you know what we'd be talking about right now? Tua's first year. This is going to be great. 
But then his next nine games might look like last year's. His first nine games this year might be, they should be vastly improved. If he hasn't been able to discern a defense in a way that should be improved because of all the studying and all the on-field practice that he didn't get last year because of a pandemic. Herbert's season last year was remarkable on so many different levels, which is why I love the Chargers this year too and why Bill's making the right decision with Mac Jones. Let's go. The faster he gets through the bumps and bruises, the quicker you can get to where you want to be. Even the few games that Burrow had last year, despite having his knee blown out, is going to come and help out this year. If it doesn't for two, I'm more than happy to raise my hand and say I was off. But come on. Let's go. I would say LFG with Tua, but I don't think he says the F. <laughs> and Rich, everything you know about Tua tells you that this kid is going to put in the work. He's going to do well, everything necessary. I, I would agree with that as well. As you know, I feel that way about him too. But it did kind of surprise me this year when he said last year there was a lot of stuff that he just, you know, couldn't grasp or didn't grasp. It made he made a comment where it sounded like he wasn't well as not locked being in on that gra- type of front. You not know? being able to grasp it and not putting in the work to to do it are, right. are two different things. And like Chris said earlier, we had a pandemic. We didn't have training camp. You know, he's coming off a major surgery. He so, played one game against Arizona in Arizona against Kyler Murray, and it was just like a sign of, like, this is what he can do. Yeah. He can run. He can throw. Just make your make your decisions pre-snap and, and make sure they're right and have the ability that if it's wrong, okay, I know where this other guy is because he runs 4-2, and he's probably on some guy that can't cover him either. That's the plan, clearly. Waddle, Fuller, Parker, Williams, Grant, Wilson. Yeah, speed, speed, My speed. My gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him in the starters blocks. I still, again. I think the Dolphins, you know, we talk about the Giants being shrug emoji. The Dolphins are a big shrug emoji. I game. think I'm, I am I have a better sense of who the Dolphins can be but more than the Giants. Really? Yes. Wow. We've seen Daniel Jones play quarterback. We've seen his potential. He just turns it over too much. Yeah. We have no idea what Tua can do. None. Let's take a break. We're on time for Albert Breer, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Our poll question, Tua Burrow, Zach Wilson, Darnold, which recently top five ranked quarterback is going to have a better 2021? That's next as well with your calls at 844-204-RICH. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. 
And that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Marshall, you were here in show number two. Yes. We're about to celebrate our second anniversary. Uh, in show number two, you and Marcus Allen kindly revealed the, the bust that the uh, good folks at DirecTV made up. I love up. it. To have a bust, that's big, Rich. So that was an honor. And so it's an honor that you are sitting here for the latest reveal involving the Rich Austin show. That's going on right behind us here. Okay. Mike Del Tufo, are you out there, Mike? Yes, I'm here, Rich. How are okay. you doing today? I'm doing great. So what are you revealing? Uh, you, you've got uh, right here. You got Right a- up here above me is a brand new Rich Eisen show sign. A new Rich Eisen show sign. Am wow. I going to do it now? You see this. Yeah, here we go. Let's here we go. It. Oh, this, this is going to be fun. I just hope it doesn't come down in your what head. What are the odds that I can't do it because the way it's just set put, up. To put down the so, microphone, dude. I can't. This is the worst reveal ever. Keep, Take down keep both. Pulling, Del Tuf. both Pull. Just put the microphone down. This is good, Rich. This is good. He's going to break down the whole thing. Yes. Pull both of the cords, <laughs> you. <laughs> hey. No, we cannot have this as the reveal. He, he does this audio. This cannot be the reveal. He does audio. He does not do See, manual labor. It's the way it's up. It's messed up up there. <laughs> I can't look. I can't. Del we Tufo, call this. Walk up the stairs. Walk up the stairs, Del Tufo. Yeah, okay. The not reveal. He's going to walk Oh, no, up the I can't because I can't climb to where that reveal. is. Yeah, you can. It's up the No, you can't. Story. It's uh, you got to have a cable. <laughs> you guys don't know OSHA <laughs> rules. Epic. See, they screwed me. They did this on purpose. I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah, it's against you, Mike. I'm telling you. Uh, Del Tufo, just tell everyone out there you don't have any change for them. Just pull it. Give them good jersey pull. Put them up. Yeah, there you go. Watch. <laughs> Put the microphone down and pull it. Pull the other one. You're a big man. Yank it. Yank it. Oh, 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 This is so much better. Oh, All right, come back in here and screw up the audio now, Mike. Oh, trust me, there's a new sign in there. The sign reveal was one of the most embarrassing moments for me personally, Mike. It was um, embarrassing for me too, Rich. Okay. Had, had, I mean, look, no, I had to climb up and uh, take off the white thing. To reveal the sign. So now is it do, now is there a reveal? It's revealed. It, it's it's re- beautiful. Okay, let's pull back now. Let's take a look at the there's a rich eyes and show. Hey, look at that. Look at that. And it's got it's lit. Is it lit? Is, it is lights it, up at night? night. At night, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. We thank the people here at ATT and Direct TV and Chris Long and the audience and the rest of the folks awesome. here at audience. Look at that. That's a nice, beautiful sign. I love that. And if only 
it was revealed properly by Mike Del Tufo with a Pro Football Hall of Famer, Marshall Falk here. Uh, That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Let's check in on our poll question uh, results. Uh, Early on, first blush results. Chris Brockman, what do you have over there? Early on, Rich, uh, which recently top five quarterback, recently drafted top five quarterback, the best 2021, Sam Darnold, 19%. Zach Wilson, 15%. Tua, 24%. And leading the way, Joe Burrow and his cigar, 41%. Oh, boy, Joe Burrow taking that. All right. And do you actually drive with your hands at 10 and 2? <laughs> oh, stop. Of course, 18%, never 82%. But, yeah, but that's, that's, that's not an indicative choice. Getting a lot of tweets but from I, people that now in driving school, they teach you uh, 9 and 3 because yeah. of airbags. Huh. Been a while since uh, we were I don't driving drive school. my entire <laughs> time at 10 and 2. I don't, but at times I do. I mean, you never drive 10 and 2? You never do that? I would no. say it's very rare. Really. All right. The football poll question is how we're going to start our conversation <laughs> with our friend from the MMQB and Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Albert? I'm good. I'm good. I drive at 10 and 2 in only in inclement weather, though. Okay. Like, so, Smart. like, when it's, like, raining, I, I find myself doing that. Like, you know when you just – it's raining hard enough or it's snowing. I guess you guys don't experience that much out there, but mm-hmm. like where it just feels like your car, like you don't have full control. Like then I'll go 10 and two, but normally I don't, like I'll admit that. But rain out here is akin to snow. Okay. Um, Albert, right. to the point where like if pre pandemic sitting there in uh, Staples and uh, tip off of a Laker game and there's really only a quarter of the place filled up, it's because it was raining outside. I'm serious. Like I've actually white knuckle conditions out there, right? Yeah. Oh, no question about it. What, what, yeah. I mean, like, have you have you tried? Like, have you lost your ability to drive in snow, having been out there for 20 years now? Oh no, man. And uh, actually, it's out driving out here is better. Coming from the East Coast is is Brockman will tell you. Tell 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 Mr. Breer what your Olympic sport you would have gold medaled in. Uh, if this oh. was an actual Olympic sport. Uh, my Olympic sport is being in the far left lane and crossing over four lanes of traffic to make the exit under a quarter no, mile. Which I'm is... an expert too. You, and and I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'd also be a medalist in the, like when it when the highway reduces a lane, riding the extra lane all yep. the way up. Oh, all yeah. the way to the oh, last yeah. Yeah. That works here in Los Angeles yeah, because, yeah. you know, uh, everybody's kindly lines up to leave a, a right, ha- right lane exit in the right lane. Oh, not, not us. Not us. That comes in handy. Also, every, but we shouldn't give up our tricks <laughs> yeah, publicly yeah, here yeah, on, yeah. Uh, people on the mightier oh 1090 God. in Southern California. We should not give up our tricks. I mean, it's probably you could probably like really easily tell who's from like the I ninety five corridor between yes. Washington and Boston yes. there, right? It's probably really easy to. By tell. the way, we've now done a seven minute parallel parking segment with Bobby Cannavale in the first three minutes of a chat with Albert Breer on on driving in traffic. What, how would you answer our poll question of the day, football wise, Albert? The quarterback recently drafted in the top five in the NFL. Which one's going to have a better 2021? The choices are give them to him, uh, Chris Brockman. I know this is your job. I don't mean to, st- you know, I should stay in my lane to use it's, that uh, phrase. Of what course, do you have of over course. there? Yeah, yeah. Better 2021, Albert. Uh, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Tua, or Joe Burrow? Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Tua, or Joe Burrow? <sighs> uh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I, I, I want to say 
Joe Burrow because I think he's the best player. Um, but I would say, like, Tua probably has the best situation of those four, right? Like, the most infrastructure around him, the most built-up team. Um, so, I mean, give me Burrow just because I think Burrow is pretty special. Um, but, I mean, man, that's tough. That's a really good question because I, I think Sam is going to play better, too, in Carolina, and mostly because I think they're going to ask less of him. You know, like, they, they're going to – they're going to put it on Christian McCaffrey to carry that offense. And so Sam Darnold's going to be able to play in a way I think that's different than he's ever played before. Well, I mean, the question about Tua that, you know, we had Jeff Darlington on in hour number one to talk about his report that Brian Flores felt compelled to yep. address Charles Robinson's Yahoo report that uh, that Deshaun Watson was on their radar screen. And they were front runners to go get him in a trade that eventually didn't happen. That he, he felt compelled to address his locker room on that Tua's the guy is what is the evaluation of Tua? And I'm mystified as to why the Dolphins would be willing. Like, obviously, Deshaun Watson with no baggage, that's a no-brainer. But to to kick the tires on trying to get Watson now without even sending Tua away in a trade in that trade, I don't understand it. I don't don't get it. What is the evaluation of Tua from what you're hearing based on uh, this preseason and training camp? Yeah. So, like, I, you know, and I, I think I'm going to reference what you're, what you're, what you're insinuating here is that if they traded for Deshaun, Tua wouldn't necessarily be a part of that deal to go to Houston. And I think that the my, my understanding of that is the driver there wouldn't be the Dolphins so much it was as, as it would be the Texans. And um, this is something that I think is kind of an interesting piece to the whole idea that Deshaun Watson could be traded and. Um, and whether or not it happens, you know, now in October, November, December, um, you know, I was told pretty strongly by several people not to assume that some other team's quarterback is going to be viewed by the Texans as an asset. And so, like, you know, I, I think you know what I'm, what I'm, what, what was conveyed to me is Nick Casario, the general manager there, might rather have an extra draft pick over a Tua, a, a, a Drew Locke, a, a Sam Darnold or a Jalen Hurts, you know, who'll be the four quarterbacks with the teams that, you know, I think have been most connected to Sean over the last few weeks. So that's, you know, where that is. The evaluation of Tua, I think the jury's still very much out. And I mean, I think like just having as weird a rookie year as he did, where they put him in, and generally once you put your first round quarterback in, you don't take him out, yet the Dolphins wound up pulling Tua back out. Um, you know, I think the question really with Tua is, like, he was just okay last year, and physically there's nothing that really stands out about him. And the really interesting thing about this, Rich, is, like, go back and look at the last 10 years of quarterbacks who have come into the NFL, right? Like, the first-round quarterbacks have come into the NFL. How many guys have come into the NFL where you could look at them and say there's not something special about them physically, whether they're an incredible athlete, have a huge arm, they're physically huge. Like, the guys who've really made it, Josh Allen – Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, but the guys that have really flashed, Carson Wentz, like how many of those guys aren't special physically? Mm. And I'm not talking about the Brady's of the world because it's a long time ago. I'm talking about guys who came into the league over the last 10 years. How hard is it to fight? It's really hard. Like Jared Goff, Derek Carr, like, yeah, like those guys made it, but were those guys ever considered like top 10 players at the position? Right. And if that's what you're shooting for, 
and you're looking at it and you're questioning, can Tua get there? Not can he be a competent quarterback, can he get there? And then the opportunity to go out and get a Deshaun Watson comes along. I think that's sort of part of the evaluation. It's not so much that Tua isn't going to be able to get out of his own way as an NFL quarterback. It's, you know, how far are we going to be able to really take this with him? Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. The conversation coming out of Jacksonville today, twofold. One, the Saints are going to play their first game there this year because of Hurricane Ida. It's going to be uh, Saints versus Packers there, and we'll have, I guess, time to talk about that. But the conversation is based on Urban Meyer saying that the team considered vaccination status and whether somebody should stay or not. And there's such a huge to-do about that. The Players Association says that they're going to open an investigation. And the thing I don't quite understand about it is corporate America writ large from from the NFL, uh, corporately, um, and uh, what uh, other other corporations with AT&T were on their campus right here is another one. Fox, uh, for their news division as well, uh, mandating people to be vaccinated. I just mm-hmm. uploaded my, vaccinated, my vaccination card during the commercial break, actually, because I did not know I had to do it again. Um, what's the disconnect? Why, why, why is there such a hullabaloo about this? Albert. Um, it's because the players are unionized and the rest of the NFL employees, most of them aren't, you know, and so uh, the league, the teams can put in protocols that basically require all their employees to get vaccinated except for the players and the players that has to be negotiated with the union. And so I understand why the union is, you know, coming out and, you know, I guess kind of rattling cages on that. That said, I mean, what Urban is referencing here was created by the union, right? Like in part, they negotiated those protocols with the league and they knew it was going to be hard for an unvaccinated player to operate like a normal NFL player in 2021 as a result of it. And, you know, they knew that they were creating an environment where decisions, roster decisions realistically were going to have to be made on certain guys. And I'm not talking about, you know, who your starting quarterback is or who, you know, one of your starting receivers are, but, like once we get to the point in the roster where you're talking about like the 40th guy or the 45th guy in the roster, like, of course. Yeah. Like if two guys are even at that point, like, are you going to take the guy who can walk around freely and isn't randomly going to have to disappear for five days? Cause something went wrong. Like over the guy who, you know, is going to be subject to those rules. Of course you are. So, you know, like I, I just, I understand what the union is doing here, but I also, You know, I think it's important to point out they were part of creating these rules, and I think these rules are designed to make ever to keep everybody safe. And um, yeah, I always think it's silly. Like now, look, like I I have a pretty good handle on who Urban is, and I think Urban sometimes can be a little unaware of certain things around him. And so I'm not sure like he really understood that he couldn't come out and say what everybody is saying behind closed doors. Um, You know, but like I. I just don't know what the point of having an argument over this is. It's like, it is what it is. Like it's, it's going to be harder for certain guys to make teams. It's going to be harder for certain street free agents to get picked up because they're unvaccinated. That's part of the equation here. I mean, they through the rules, the NFL and NFLPA have very heavily incentivized getting the shots. Well, and and you know, Belichick was asked in New England whether that played a role in the uh, release of Cam Newton. He said no. Um, he did talk about the efficacy of the vaccine, which was an interesting response. But uh, the question about Cam is, is you know, w- did he ask for his release? What do we know? Because obviously 
Belichick would not allow anything on that front either. What do you hear yeah. about Cam's release? I don't think I, I don't think Cam asked for his release. I, like, and I I don't know that for sure, but just you know, based on a few things I have heard and putting two and two together, um, I don't think this was a you know a, a, a result of him asking out. I think everybody sort of knew the score here, which is Cam was either going to be there as a starter or he wasn't going to be on the team at all. And so I think when they make the decision to go with with Mac, um, like most other teams that have first round quarterbacks, then the priority becomes what can we do to create the best environment for our rookie quarterback to perform as a rookie. And um, you know, I think a, a, a huge part of it is what sort of resources can you put in the room for him. That's why Brian Hoyer is going to be back on the roster maybe by the end of the day because he'll be a great resource having all the background in the system that he does for Mac Jones. And the other thing is, I, like, I think you want to avoid a situation where there's going to be something hanging over the rookie. And bottom line is, if you've got a player of the stature of Cam Newton standing on the sideline, like, you have to, and this isn't Cam's fault, but, like, you have to worry about, like, you know, the fact that, like, hey, if he has a couple games where he throws, you know, three picks and then four picks, like, there's going to be people calling and saying there's going to be people calling for, for Cam to go in the game, and it could create a problem internally for you. And so I just think that it was never – I don't think Cam was ever going to be on the Patriots roster as a backup, and I think that's more about supporting the rookie quarterback than anything else. I don't think it has anything to do with anything Cam did right or wrong. I just think it's, you know, when you, when you decide, okay, we're going with the rookie, we're going with Mac Jones – like then you have to make sure that you create the best environment for him. And I actually think it's like very akin, um, Rich, to the Dolphins letting Ryan Fitzpatrick go after this year. Um, because when you make the decision you're going to go with Tua, you can't have like everything that happened last year with Fitz hanging over him. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, you mentioned to us a couple Fridays ago a terrific insight about how um, in Chicago you were hearing about Andy Dalton's ability to uh, communicate a play to each position group within the huddle based on the verbiage of the play being specifically in the play call for that position group. And Justin Fields was just blurting it out because he's memorizing stuff, and that's part of the maturation process that Matt Nagy wants to work on. And And... Now we're waiting to see uh, how long Dalton's going to be in there because he's going to be in there, and we're waiting to see how long Justin Fields needs to stay in the maturation you know, process because Belichick's now going with his guy right off the bat, and I'm wondering how that all plays together in Chicago prior to this week one Andy Dalton start and how long that's going to last based on your hearing right now. I think it's going to be really – I think one thing that everybody can pay attention to is going to be a tell – who dresses for that Sunday night opener against the Rams. Okay. I, I think it's, this is one thing that like, I think is a nuance to every one of these situations where a rookie isn't starting right off the bat that people need to pay attention to. Like if you are truly in it to preserve your rookie and to not play your rookie and you don't think he's ready and what he needs is a red shirt. You know what you do, Rich? You don't dress him for the game. You, 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 you throw somebody else on the roster as the backup and you have the rookie watching from the press box because you do not want to put him in the game. That's what the Packers did last year with Jordan Love. Jordan Love, I believe, still hasn't dressed for a regular season game, crazy as that sounds, as an NFL player. <clears throat> so like, I think a lot of Justin Fields' readiness to get out there 
we're going to see it on whether and whether or not they decide to dress him for the regular season opener against the Rams. Because generally, if you carry three quarterbacks in the roster and the Bears are, two of the three quarterbacks dress and the third one doesn't. Uh, um, so the Bears are either going to dress fields and not foals, dress foals and not fields, or dress both of them. But if they dress fields, that tells me they feel pretty good about where he's at. And so, you know, I, I know a lot's been done to try to accelerate the process. Um, and, you know, part of it is learning the verbiage, like we talked about, I think it was last week when we talked about this. Um, and now it sort of moves into a different phase where Justin's going to have to do some of that learning on his own because he's going to run the scout team. This is another story that I think is going to be really interesting, too, because, and, and, and I know I'm being long-winded here, but I no, think that there's, something, there's something really interesting here to parallel to Patrick Mahomes in 2017. Please. One of the things that Mac Nagy was most impressed by when he was the Chiefs offensive coordinator in 2017, working with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes wasn't playing. Mahomes ran the scout team during the week, so he wasn't running the Chiefs offense during the week, right? Like, so he'd go in and he'd be running the Raiders offense or the Chargers offense or whoever they were playing that week. So after practice every day, every single day, he would stay out there for an extra half hour, 45 minutes, and he would do it so he could run the Chiefs' offensive plays. He'd do this on his own. And what he did was he would take receivers and running backs and tight ends, but he would never take Tyreek Hill. He would never take uh, Kareem Hunt. He would never take Travis Kelsey with him. Why? Well, he didn't take those guys with him because he knew those were Alex's guys. and I do not want to upset the ecosystem of this team. And he did it on his own. And the, t- the, 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 the coaches were so impressed by that. And so this is part of, like, Matt's whole, I think, evaluation of Justin Fields is now that he's out of the quarterback competition, for now at least, what's he going to do? Like, how is he going to treat that time? And I think having seen Patrick Mahomes do that, like, that's a huge part of why Mahomes was so ready in 18 and wins the MVP. Will Justin handle this the way that Patrick Mahomes does? I think if he does – and now all of a sudden you get to week four, week five, the team's struggling, the offensive line can't protect, protect, protect Dalton, then maybe there's a chance for Fields to get in there. So let me let me voice the Bears fan here because I think yeah. they're going to have a say, personally, yep. is that, okay, the evaluation of Mac Jones was completed, obviously, yesterday by New England. The evaluation yep. of Trevor Lawrence allegedly was evaluated and completed by last <laughs> week. And Zach Wilson's evaluation was completed prior to draft day, right? And yep. the evaluation of Trey Lance technically is still going on. He's, he's banged up right now. But I think we know that Shanahan's going to at least have some plays for him in the playbook. Yep. A Bears fan hearing all this, this sounds very diligent, and it sounds very, very, um, what's the word for it, uh, careful, okay? Yeah. It sounds diligent, careful. It sounds responsible. That's the word for it. It sounds responsible. Yeah. But come on, like, Right? I mean, like, it's yeah. not like the kid played for uh, a Division three school in Ohio. He played for the Ohio State. And I know I'm talking your language here. So I just don't know how long we can keep on evaluating him. It's, it's certainly when you, you see how many yeah. kids in their second, second year, third year are more advanced because of what they did get in their first year. Right. So that's what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. And I understand what you're saying. And that's why I think like some of this isn't going to depend on Andy Dalton himself. Okay. Mm -hmm. And like, 
you know, if you look at the history of it, and and I'm talking going back, you know, 20 years, right? Like I've done research on this over, you know, and I'm sure people out there have seen the chart that I tweet out from time to time. There was a, I would say, a paradigm shift in 2008 with Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco, and it was because those two, those teams didn't just start those guys from from the beginning, from week one. Those guys won with those guys. The Falcons made the playoffs coming out of just a ridiculously horrible Michael Vick situation in year one with Matt Ryan. And the Ravens that year got to the AFC Championship game with Joe Flacco. Since then, you've seen more and more teams going with rookies early, okay? And I think since then, there's been 41 quarterbacks to go in the first round. Um, Of those 41, only three were true red shirts. Jake Locker, um, Patrick Mahomes, and Jordan Love. You want to know what all three of those teams had in common? All three of those teams contended all the way to the end of the season. Two of them made the playoffs. So to keep the rookie off the field, you needed competent quarterback play. Those three teams got it from Matt Hasselbeck, Alex Smith, and Aaron Rodgers. But you also needed to be contending deep into the season. And so like my answer to what you're saying mm-hmm. is this all looks good. This all seems responsible. It only works if the team's a contender. If the team struggles early on, there will be a lot of pressure on everybody in that building to get Justin Fields on the field. And my guess is you'll see him sooner rather than later. If the team, you know, what is on pace to win 11, 12 games and Andy Dalton's playing well, we're talking about something else. So I think a lot of this rides on, a lot of this rides on not just the success of Andy Dalton, but what the team around him is doing. Well, it's first game is right up the road here in the, the stadium, um, yeah. in the new stadium where the Super Bowl is being played. And it's a huge game because uh, it's the first time with fans here in Los Angeles for that stadium for a regular season game. It's such a huge game that Brockman's not even going to sell his his tickets to somebody else who's planning on going. So that's how big the game is, Albert, if you want to put that nugget in your next heard column. I heard you got a nice new office up there too, huh? Well, I'm, move, I'm checking it out next week. I have not been there yet. My, the swan song to the old Culver City studio is Tuesday. We're doing the oh, season man. opener show I, I, Tuesday. I honestly, like, if I was local, I would definitely come up for that. Man, like, that's crazy. That yep. I mean, I, like, it's going to be weird the next time I'm in L.A. and if I drive by there not seeing the signs and everything, you know? Yeah, right. we're moving into the new, the, right next to the new stadium. There's a ribbon cutting next Wednesday, and then our first show's there from Thursday, kickoff. Then Sunday game day morning. I haven't been there yet. I can't wait to see it. Are you guys outside? Is the second going to be outside or is it inside? No, it's, it's inside, inside. Right? It's inside. But as you know, over the last several years uh, for the demo set, which is the phrase used in television where we demo plays on a football field that's basically like uh, eight yards by eight yards and it's made to look bigger by the shot, There, the football demo field is outside and it is huge and the stadium's in the background. That I know. Can't wait. That's great. Can't wait. And it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, there, there's the Albert Breer wing. They, I don't know. So they, they're yeah, thinking. They're yeah. thinking of you still, Albert. <laughs> all my, all my contributions there. Well, actually, well, Albert, I, I will say well, this. Hey, hey, if they want, if they want to put a plaque up, I, I think I can carve <laughs> out some time to sit for that. Like you know, they, or maybe, uh, maybe even a bus. Like, I will say I, this, yeah, Albert. I, 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 I could, I could find some time in my schedule to sit for that. I do. I will say this: that um, yeah. I was not, I was not on the Zoom, the the NFL media group. Uh, on-air um, symposium Zoom um, because the Rich Eisen show is on during it two days ago. But I knew it was going on because the number of texts that went around from everybody that you know saying, where's Breer? Because you were such a star of those year in and year out. Oh, yeah. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I remember one in particular, yeah, yeah. 
Because, you know, you can do that thing where you sort of type in, like, you're going down. or Right. Nobody will do that. They're just very polite. 16-year-olds being polite <laughs> in a fantasy. That, yeah. Now that, so what's your team name? What was your fantasy team name? Your I can't tell you. Why I'd not? have to kill you if I told you. And plus, I don't even remember. <laughs> okay. Because I would love to know. I mean, because that's most of the fun that we thought. That, is it? You know, that's most of the fun? It kind of is. Okay. Yeah. So, but you finished in second. I did come in second. Do I you did. recall who was on your, on your team? Well, I... I got seriously burned by Todd Gurley. It was his first, you know, season with the Rams. Like he, he just he disappointed me yes. pretty severely. That okay. was a bad year to be holding Todd Gurley the See, entire now, time. Do you have a you, a real football team that you love? Yes. Okay. I love the Green Bay Packers. How'd that uh, come about, Jody? Somebody gave me a cheese head, and it was all over. That's it. Yeah, that's all it took. <laughs> Who was it? Was it De Niro? Was it De Niro? <laughs> De Niro give you a cheese head? Who gave you no, the cheese head? No, I have a friend of mine who has like an in with them. So it was not just a cheese head, but it was a cheese head everything. So okay. there was like a cheese mug and there was a cheese ring and there was a cheese headband. And, okay. So you got yeah. into that. The cheese like dog dog outfits. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to Lambeau Field? Have you ever been I there? I never have. It's unbelievable. That's what I've heard. Because it's it, you're heard. just in there. It's a Midwest town and yeah. you're driving down a road and there's a gas station. There's a Kmart. There is oh, the there is the crazy. there is the cathedral well, of football where Lombardi can, used to play. And I can dream. I can dream. If I do well, you know, if I do pretty well in fantasy, maybe I'll. Have maybe that, you can. You can I do. Did, such I a thing. had. You know, I've decided. I discovered Devonte Adams. So because I had him the whole year. So he's when my the, my guy. So, I call him my man, Devonte. Does he know that? You he will? doesn't know that. Maybe he'll know it now. Okay. And now Devontae's the top receiver in the NFL top player uh, 100 list. There you go. Jody Foster's a factor. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Uh, if you're on hold, stay on hold. We'll take your calls at the top of the next hour because I want to get to the uh, latest division that we are previewing here uh, all the way up to kickoff next week. We already previewed and predicted the Eastern divisions, the NFC East and the AFC East. Uh, all of us chose yesterday the Bills to win the AFC East, except somebody over there who thinks they're going to go, the Patriots are going to go to the Super Bowl. That's Brockman. I got no problem with that, bro. And the NFC East, all y'all thought the Cowboys were going to win the division. I'm like, hold on a minute. There's the Washington football team. Who? Correct. Who? Today, it's the NFC North. Can you hit the music, please, to get things started? And I have a feeling we're going to all be, this will be the first division in which we are deciding uh, all on the same team. Here's my predictions for the NFC North. I've got the Packers winning it, and then I've got the Lions in last place. The question is, who's two and three? The Lions don't have a a kicker right now. How about that? <laughs> How about I mean, Dan Campbell? Cut, he cut every people. single kicker. Uh, so look, if Gus the kicking mule needs a- work, um, the Lions are looking for a kicker right now. So put it up. Uh, I've got the Vikings finishing second and the Bears finishing third. I think the Bears quarterback situation is going to be something that keeps them out of the playoffs. How does that sound? <laughs> Um, I, 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 I also don't believe in their offense the way uh, I saw it working out last year. I need to see Dave, David Montgomery do it again. Uh, and I think the Bears are going to wind up uh, behind the eight ball a little bit until Justin Fields gets in, and then he's going to still have some growing pains. Yeah. But the Vikings, to me, outside of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, have the third best player in the division in Dalvin Cook. 
And you could even say the fourth best, pl- best player in division in Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So I think that together with the fact that Zimmer's going to figure out how to get that defensive to- uh, bolts tightened a little bit this year, have the, Vi- the Vikings in second place for me. That's the difference between two and three in division. Chris Brockman, what do you have over there? Rich, we have uh, the exact same. List. I figured, I, th- I think yeah. we have the same thing here. Yeah, the Lions are just, you're not going to do much. And I think the mm-hmm. offensive line is going to keep the Bears from, from kind of leapfrogging the Vikings. I mean, I hope Justin Fields gets out there because we're, you know, he's been so dynamic in the preseason. And kind of like you said about Minnesota, just not enough firepower to keep up with Green Bay. And I'm sure the Packers will win 12 or 13 games. What do you got over there, TJ Jefferson? You have the same thing? Are we going right across the board? Are we chalk here? I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm about to fall asleep because this is so easy. Like, wow. same thing. We're not chalk. Same thing. Well, Del Tufo's going to take mean, out I'll, the non-chalk. You know, I am shout out, you know, I, I shout just, out to I, our I, boy Jeff from Detroit. Sorry about the Lions, but yeah, I just don't see that going yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. The Bears are who we think they are. They Look, are. and I should say this, though. I should say this, that I still would have put the Bears third, even with Justin Fields starting. Because I, I I feel he's going to have growing pains, and I, I, that's why the Jets are in fourth. And my, well, there's other reasons why the Jets are in fourth. <laughs> I, I just don't know how many quarterbacks are going to come straight out of the box, yeah, and perform like Justin Herbert. That's kind of a rarity, or it could be something that one of these guys this year will do it, and it could be Fields. Personally, I think Lance is the kid that's going to have a little bit of a spot start here and there until he takes over midseason and look out, man. That's the way I feel about Lance. What do you have, Mike? You, to you're swap not the Bears in Minnesota. I like the Bears is too. And the reason why? Yeah. Once we got the Chicago deep dish pizza, I'm in with Chicago. Okay, now. that's the that's oh, the because of pizza. Yeah, it's pizza. Well, it's I didn't pizza I didn't based. get it. Pizza based. As you know, yeah, oh, I, right. I was left out of your pizza order. Oh, Plus, I'm going to take our friend Adam to the first game. Well, speaking of which, at the stadium, apparently Adam, I have been told, has uh, uh, actually given a. Uh, a prediction for this sort of thing. Keep the music oh, going. Oh, keep the music, oh, keep oh, the music oh, going. Oh, oh, keep oh, the music oh. going. Adam has chosen the Bears to win the division <laughs> over the Packers. <laughs> Vikings and Lions after that. So he's he believes in the Bears, um, which should. I do believe merits later on in this program a call from the back <laughs> because I'm concerned about uh, people being properly screened. Oh, the, <laughs> men- the mental state of I'm, our I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be. So actually, there's one guy who could help us with that. He's on line one right now. Alan Dallas. Is it, did did Adam seem a little bit out of sorts when uh, he checked you in, yeah. Al? Uh, he was a little bit. I, I barked at him a little bit about a couple of things, but you know, Adam and I get along swimmingly, so he, he seemed <laughs> okay. he, he seemed okay. What's but, on uh, your mind, you know, Al? Taking, taking the Bears. Well, uh, uh, Brockman definitely two uh, two and ten, not not the Kujian lean of uh, twelve, especially. Especially with the information I sent you recently. Um, <laughs> so uh, listen. It's never been as detrimental to a young quarterback to get drafted to the wrong team as it is these days. And Tua has got to be. We're missing something, Richard. Like there's always how Tua is that bad of a football player and a person that you would want to bring in Deshaun Watson with all the baggage that he has going with on him right now. Right, wrong, or indifferent, it doesn't matter. You know. It, this is insane. If I'm Tua, I mean, this is year two, nine games in. I, I call my agent and tell him to get get me out of here. Like, wh- 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 this is detrimental. This destroys his career. I go to like Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, mm. his career's over because he got drafted by the wrong team. Al, I appreciate the call. Right. Uh, mm. 
food for thought here right. on Tua and how he's going to handle it. I mean, what a whole hoo-ha. David Costable of Billions coming up in hour number three. We're still here on Peacock. And to Al's point, you know, does Lee Steinberg call up and say, what the hell's going on? You bet he does. What the hell's going on out here? Absolutely he does. Because, again, all things are not football equal when whatever's going on with Deshaun Watson is still out there and could potentially leak into the 2022 new league year free agency season. This thing may not be buttoned up by then legally criminal charges and grand juries and FBI investigations and league investigations that are waiting for all of the above to wrap up or not. And with all of that swirling around one of the most talented guys and one of guys with one of the most sterling reputations in the league, the Dolphins decide with a couple of weeks before the season, let's see how much it costs. How's Tua going to handle that? And if you're the agent, you definitely call up and say, what the what? And I don't know what led to Brian Flores, according to Jeff Darlington's report, to fu- to get the team together and say, let's talk about it. This is our guy. Let's rally around him. Was it the constant reports and somebody saying, hey, coach, they talked about it again on ESPN. They talked about it again on NFL Network. I, can't, I doubt it. I don't know if Flores has got any notifications turned on in his phone. I doubt it. Maybe it is something internal that was like, you need to do something about my guy who called me up and said this, or you need to do something about my guy who I don't want to call up and say this. You need to address this if you want my guy to perform well. Or it's somebody else that said, I'm talking to him and the rest of the league, rest of the locker room's talking about it, coach. Or something. But something led a coach to do what no coach really wants to do, which is on the eve of a season, say, our guy is our guy. When virtually every other locker room around the quarterback knows who the guy is. Man. Something else, to say the least. Hour number three coming up. Some news from the golf world about what Bryson DeChambeau is hearing. 